You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, sit down Thursday night and get you guys your pregame show as we are into week 10 of the 2020 NFL season. Uh, for any new listeners, remember, we're here daily, Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, pregame show, we're going to sit down, we're going to chop it up with Pete Smith, uh, Browns, Texans, uh, you know, certainly an interesting one, uh, Thursday night here about to kick off Colts and Titans, um, you know, for those who are, you know, want to start, you know, peaking towards playoff and odds, for me, look, just win, <laughs> win games, win more games than you lose, win a lot more than you lose, and then we'll see where the chips may fall come January. The Lockdown Browns pregame show is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Pete spent a few days. Uh, Browns, obviously, back to the practice fields. Uh, Baker Mayfield off of the COVID list. Um, Browns, you know, being a little coy here as about, you know, whether or not who and how and how much can return um, with Whiteller, Austin Hooper, uh, Nick Chubb, a tremendous amount of firepower possibly to be coming back to the Cleveland Browns offense. Of course, guys, everything uh, with Pete Smith, Browns Digest on SportsIllustrated.com. The way we do our pregame shows, we'll do Browns offense versus the Houston defense. Flip it up in the second segment. Third segment, as you guys know, we'll give you our final game thoughts, predictions, all that good stuff. You know, the uh, confidence level, whether it's high, low, about a Browns possible win on Sunday. Uh, but, Pete, um, and I guess now looking at it, um, it's looking like, uh, I don't know if it's going to be similar weather-wise to what it was for when Vegas is in town, but um, for right now, looking at a 90% chance rain, you're looking of winds from 15 to maybe the low 20s in miles per hour. Um, it's November. It's getting kind of nasty. Um, so perhaps the return of 81, 77, and 24 couldn't come at a better time. Sure. I, I mean, if you're looking at the Texans, they're the second worst rushing team in the NFL. and Deshaun Watson's their second leading rusher. So they have to just pass. what you want for a guy with two busted up ACLs, but go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, like just inherently, you know, if they have to be in a situation where they're throwing the whole time and it's bad weather wise, it theoretically gives the defense a, an advantage. Uh, so with the Browns, they want to run the ball anyway, and they're getting uh, the pieces back to, fully do that so just based on that alone it should be a, a good situation for the Browns. in addition to the fact they've had you know an extra week to prepare they've got everyone at least practicing and the texans are missing multiple guys who are going to be uh you know multiple starters on their offense which you know isn't isn't good for their situation uh no certainly not and um you know and normally, you know, you'd say for Houston, whatever, you know, just you know, call it a day, uh, get the best draft possible uh, pick you possibly can. Not going to be the case for the Houston Texans as their lowest selection in the 2021 NFL draft. 
is in the third round, so not an enviable place for this team to be. Um, but with returning those players, Pete, and this opens things up. Um, obviously, you know, the versatility uh, that Kareem Hunt brings, um, it was something, and we never really haven't gotten to see it um, because when Odell went down, Nick was already out. Um, there is the possibility where you can start using Kareem Hunt even more in the passing game where you don't you know, necessarily have to have him as you were featured back with getting Nick Chubb back, um, which, you know, it, it essentially gives you another weapon. Yes, Kareem was, you know, uh, you know, pl- played a ton at the running back position. Uh, but when Nick Chubb was healthy, you had the you, you had you, you were able to use where Kareem Kareem's not a tell. I mean, if Nick's on the field, most likely they're just going to give him the ball and let him run it. Um, Kareem, there's many things you could do. You could use him, you know, basically, you know, you could use him as a fluke where everybody's attention is drawn. You can split him out. You can throw screens to him. You can run pat- patterns out of the backfield. You can give it to him as a traditional runner. Um, you know, what's made the duo probably as good as it was, you know, before Nick went down was the fact that, you know, they both fit the system, but they both fit the system in varying ways. Well, I mean, again, uh you like having options and and being able to use Kareem Hunt in more roles, whether Nick Chubb is on the field or not, is helpful. I do think it's uh, an advantage to be able to put both on the field, especially you know without Odell Beckham. Uh, that that could be a way uh, to sort of change things up. But just the amount of different looks you can get, the the way you can sort of theoretically keep Kareem Hunt fresher is beneficial. He's obviously been more productive uh, with Chubb in the lineup in terms of his average of the amount of explosive plays they create and all that stuff. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no question that, you know, more, more good football players is better for the Browns and getting their best offensive player back is, uh, is, you know, the best thing they can hope for, whether they, they can fully let him loose in this game or, they have to wait. It's still beneficial that at least, you know, the Houston Texans have to prepare for him. They have to spend a lot of time getting ready for Chubb, even if he doesn't even play. Uh, Most certainly. And that's, you know, I think they're doing a fantastic job as far as, you know, basically keeping their hold cards, uh, you know, a secret and they're doing a fantastic job with that. But if you get them both on the field, you know, there's the opportunity. I mean, you, you could line them both up in the slot, motion one in the backfield. Uh, the creativity and, and you know what you can do with both these guys, and this is also again, you know, this will be the first time, you know, you're going to be able to have basically your full complement of skill position players post the Odell Beckham Jr. injury. Getting Hooper back here, obviously, you know, a, a tremendous asset. Um, the, the tight ends and and Pete, you know, I, we we've talked to times where I think they've never really had that day where they, you know, what you expect between you know what was invested in Hooper. Um, Najoku, uh, you know, and how we feel about him and what he can be as far as a receiver, you know, in this offense, in this system. And, you know, the surprising, you know, early start here for Harrison Bryant. Um, you got to think that it's going to be time where the tight ends are probably going to get, you know, maybe a little bit more than they were. Um, Odell out now, everybody back and healthy. Um, you know, Richard Higgins, as much as we love him, you know, he, I don't know if you can truly classify him as a number two receiver. The Browns don't have a number one wide receiver right now. Um, have a bunch of guys vying to be the number two wide receiver. So maybe it's time where we start to see this tight ends. And maybe with the way the weather is going to dictate, 
maybe the tight ends. And this is a week to maybe get this group going. I'm still looking for this week where this group, you know, can get 10, 10 receptions, 11 receptions, 12 receptions, whatever. There's a lot invested in this group and it's time to start seeing a little bit more of a return. Yeah. The, the best sort of day the tight end position has had in this offense was against the Cincinnati Bengals and Austin Hooper wasn't in that game. So without, uh, without Odell Beckham, you know, you, you've got this weapon sitting there in Austin Hooper. It's sort of time to really let him loose. And I think this week really gives them the best uh, opportunity to sort of showcase that, not only because they've had the bye week, and I think that sort of lets you recalibrate a little bit, but also because uh, the Texans are bad um, at a lot of things, and defending tight ends is one of them. So I think that can be – So they can't stop the run, and they're not good against tight ends. If that's not, not a recipe that should work this week, <laughs> they're not really good against anything. Um, so yeah, what I do mean, you mean that quarterback. Thing. You mean the rookie quarterback that half the people didn't know who threw for three bills on him last Sunday? Yeah, it's and that and you know that's a good reason for the Browns to be confident. It's a it's a great reason to have Kevin Stefanski talking about Baker Mayfield in terms of you know ready to ascend, all that stuff. He's not stupid he sees all these guys coming back and he sees what's on the schedule. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, he has faith in Baker Mayfield, but just there's no better time for this thing to really get going and sort of become more of a d- dynamic passing game. In addition to a super effective running game, which then would just make this group really difficult to defend. You're not thinking about how, uh, you're not thinking about you know how the offense works. You're now thinking about how it works for you. So um, I, I think I think that 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 is a big uh, advantage. I think that's going to be that should play out in this week. Uh, I think that should help. Yes, I mean you know getting everybody back, you know minus Odell, which you know obviously we all know you know that, that is over with for now. Um, plus, you know when you are um, any team and Odell Beckham Jr. is on the field it becomes a focus and this is, it's, it's a lot harder to be able to establish, you know, where you're going to focus things on, you know, where the safety help is going to apply to, um, you know, this is another game, Pete, where we talked about, you know, um, versus the Raiders where it's looking like it might be played more, um, you know, horizontally as opposed to vertically, which, you know, with having Austin Hooper back um, with being able to use Kareem Hunt, hopefully more in the passing game with the addition of Nick Chubb. And again, we'll, we'll hear probably hear more tomorrow guys. And I had some people message me about why he's not on the injury report. They don't put players who are still on IR on the injury report. So that's, you know, what's going on there. He's actually not officially on the roster, guys. That's why you're not getting, um, you know, him listed on the injury report uh, this week. And so that's what's going on with Nick Chubb. And that, for those who did ask and reach out to me on that, we're going to flip it up here. Um, we're going to get to the Browns defense versus this Texans offense. Um, we'll talk about number four. Um, we're going to see an old friend, actually going to see a couple old friends on Sunday, a couple of, uh, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith favorites currently with the Houston Texans. As we continue here on your locked on Browns pregame show, this football season again, will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Um, look, uh, look, bars, parties, I, I, I don't care about that. Look, uh, Sunday, um, and one good thing that's kind of getting me through all this right now is, you know, knock on wood, the NFL's whatever, however it's working. Uh, here we are to week 10. So just to have 
you know, games to sit down and watch. Hey, I'll take it, man. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watcher. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because again, Pepsi is not made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Texans have a quarterback, Pete. Um, has some wide receivers who run vertical patterns. They've got two guys that, you know, we probably still wish were probably Cleveland Browns. Just like the game, like the players they were. Duke Johnson, uh, one of a lockdown Browns favorites, Mr. Darren Fells, uh, returning to Cleveland on Sunday. Um, they can score at times, Pete, um, but this, it, it seems like, and this is where this, franchise is in such such a tough spot um because you know as attractive as Deshaun Watson might be to work with as a quarterback he's established in the league if you're a potential head coach um you're saying well there's not much I can maybe do here in year one with the way the cap is with the fact that Bill O'Brien sold his soul um when by soul I mean the Houston Texans draft capital uh just an interesting group all around. I mean, it's great to know who your quarterback's going to be for the next few years, but a lot of uncertainty. Um, and I just don't know how else to describe the Houston Texans right now. Well, their offense is, is set up in a similar fashion as the Raiders. Uh, they have guys who can press the field vertically. They have guys who can take advantage of the intermediate and they have guys who work well at just finding space and, and creating problems. Uh, and all of that, allows Deshaun Watson to occasionally pick up some big yardage uh, with his legs. So, I mean, you're going to see the Browns stuck in quarters coverage because that's typically what they're running anyway. Uh, And against the likes of Will Fuller and some of these other speed speed guys, yeah, Brandon Cooks and and, uh, Randall Cobb, you're likely to see that continue which obviously is going to put pressure on the Browns linebackers as it always does to sort of defend those underneath guys uh, and, you know, fill that void. The problem is that that inherently opens up some space for Deshaun Watson with his legs. You have to run zone against him uh, or use man sparingly because you don't want to turn your back to him too much because then he just runs where you're not you can't see him and he's going to pick up a bunch of yardage. The problem is they can't run the ball and it puts a ton of pressure on their offensive line. And it puts a ton of pressure on their play calling because it's not hard to figure out what they're going to do. They're going to throw the ball. It's just a question of how and where. So you're Titus Howard playing right tackle and miles Garrett is lining up and miles Garrett knows you're not going to run the ball. He's going to fire off going after the quarterback almost every play that's a really difficult assignment to do. Uh, Deshaun Watson is really nimble and athletic in the pocket, but he will then, you know, after a while, he'll take some hits or hold onto the ball too long trying to create something, and he gets whacked, and you can sort of beat him up over the course of the game and potentially create turnovers. The, the, the risk you run into is, just like with the Cowboys and the Bengals, that passed so much and had mobile quarterbacks that you just get tired out from chasing the whole game. Uh, and, and that can sort of open up some issues, but overall 
I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is, a, is a, a very good quarterback. He's having a great year, and he's going to make this whole thing go. But you literally only have to really account for him. Yes, you have to stop the weapons. There's no question about that. You can't just allow them to to, to run free or anything. But it, the whole thing starts with what are you going to do to stop Watson? What are you going to do to make sure you put hits on Watson? And what are you going to do to make get yourself that one key turnover or one key stop that gets your ball, the ball back to the offense uh, that uh, should have a very successful day? Yeah, um, and I think Pete already hit the uh, find the turd um, portion of what Miles Garrett will be doing Sunday. Um, and you talked about it uh, as, as far as Deshaun, and we've and it's, it's weird because you know over the time it seems like we've talked a lot of Texans um, you know, where the Browns have you know seemed to play them um, you know a bunch here over the, you know the course that when I've been hosting this show since 2017. Um, but you know, and we talk about it, like Deshaun sometimes like tries to extend too much. Um, as opposed to just saying, hey, it's just ain't here and tossing it up to your mom in the stands and certainly leaves himself uh, in some issues there. And this is where maybe it is, you know, probably interest, uh, interesting from two points. Um, you've talked about, you know, the Texans, in, Texans inability to run the ball, which it's there. It's obvious. Um, and maybe some of it could be David Johnson, let's be honest. Um, you know, Duke at this point is probably the better player. Um, but, you know, I guess they were trying to justify whatever that disgusting trade was. Involving New Hopkins and some draft and uh, new, for David Johnson, oh, yeah, 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 terrible trade. Bill O'Brien, wherever you are, what did you do to that franchise? Um, but you also, this is where it'll be interesting because you know the Browns' defensive line, uh, obviously versus the Raiders, was a struggle versus the run. Um, so it's going to be you know interesting from that as, aspect of you have a team that's not really good running the ball. Browns obviously you know just came off uh, a week where they it was very difficult for them defending the run. But one of the interesting things, Pete, is, you know, and, and probably behooves the Browns here is you check in these injury reports, there ain't one defensive lines, lineman's name on it. Um, again, as much as you and I love the defensive line play and how much we think it should fuel whatever defense you're running, this is another spot here where it can be very advantageous for the Cleveland Browns as it looks like everybody's healthy, everybody's ready to roll. Well, they certainly need that to be the case. Uh, Olivia Vernon played better against the Raiders. Uh, Might have been. I mean, you know, for all of you that get caught up to the stats, I mean, I'm sure you probably think that was maybe Olivia Vernon's best game as a Cleveland Brown. Um, because, again, some of you guys, you know, equated to sacks as opposed to doing what your assignment is. But it was a good week for Olivier. Now here it is two weeks later, you know, fully healthy, coming out of the game well. And always the question with Olivier Vernon is, you know, how healthy is he? Yeah, I mean, his best games were last year with, against the Ravens and against the Seahawks. Very true. Uh, but, but nevertheless, it, you know, it, it was good to see him productive. And, you know, it, it didn't look like he was limited in the way that it has been. Adrian Claiborne reportedly healthy after his hip strain. He had two sacks in the two games before, one and a half games, however you want mm-hmm. to put it, uh, when he went down with the strained hip. Uh I think Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi were just playing through pain. Richardson with a with a quad injury, and obviously Ogunjobi with the abdominal issue. And then Jordan Elliott, not injured. He's just a rookie, and you know it's a long season. And I think that is that that is just good for a player like that who can hopefully have a, a nice second half to the year. 
uh, continuing in that. But you need more out of those guys, and and they're not going to tell you otherwise. Uh, they know as much as anyone. And then last but certainly not least, because he's the most important, is Miles Garrett should be fresher, uh, which, you know, th- this – there, there's something to be said for that. And I know people were worried about the knee and, and whatever he whacked it. Uh, but other than that, he had two weeks to sort of get off his, or a week and a half, however, however you want to, a week and a half to get off his feet and just sort of recharge a little bit. And or rest his back from carrying this defense. But go ahead. Sure. Uh, there's no, there's no doubt about that, but like this game sets up for him where he's coming off all that rest. He's, playing at a really high level anyway. And the Texans constantly are passing, you know, this is, I I mean, I'm sure he'll have, you know, double digit pressures or whatever he's more or less accustomed to, but you could easily see a situation where this becomes a three and four sack game for him just by opportunity. The fact that, you know, the right tackle is not getting any faster. He is by virtue of the fact that they know he knows what's coming. He doesn't, if he's not worrying about the run or whatever, that he's free to sort sort of go full bore if they're running stunts and stuff because again they don't have to worry about the run. All he's got to do at that point is go get the quarterback. So, you know, Deshaun Watson's a pain to sort of track down and, and tackle, but there are opportunities and at times he's so fast off the ball that he's there so quickly that's before the opponent can react, but he can chase them down and all this other stuff. Like you could see just you know the, the sort of that Aaron Donald type game where he has four sacks. And it's just by nature of the matchup that the, that the Texans don't really have another opportunity here. And they they should uh, either stunt or move Garrett inside. They're, they're going to probably be out with their, out, uh, their starting left guard. And the backup is struggling, Max Sharping. Uh, the other, the right guard isn't good either. So you've got a real opportunity for him to just, again, you find the turd and, or just put him in. I mean, right now the, the turd is Max Sharping 100%. You could park miles Garrett there all, all game. And I wouldn't blame you, but just the idea that you can sort of pick your spots and allow him to attack in certain ways that you're only, if you're only concerned about stopping the quarterback, that you don't have to worry about that stuff. You're, you're playing contain and you're saying your inside guys, go get the quarterback and, you know, relatively speaking, stay in your rush lanes. So, you could see a statistical monster game from him or somebody else may sort of feed off of that just by virtue of the fact that he's sort of causing all that pressure. Deshaun Watson has to know where he is on every play and they get all the the, the sacks or whatever, whatever, whether it's a guy like Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, Adrian Claiborne, who cares? But as long as you're putting hits on the quarterback, it becomes you know, a, a problem and should result in some stop drives or some key plays or whatever, get a turnover. I mean, this is, you know, the, the, the sack fumble thing could easily take place in this game and, and you win on defense, not because you're good, but because you're opportunistic. And if the Browns do get a lead in this type of game, then you could see that, uh, that, that, snowball effect and it's not going to be like Deshaun Watson suddenly going to throw five interceptions or anything like uh like uh Washington could have but it doesn't need that many he needs like two and that's going to be enough just by or should be just by virtue of how bad their defense is and how the Browns offense should come out firing yeah I 100% agree um 
Um, we'll get you know, eight games to go here this whole entire second half of the season. Um, I think this one shapes up well as far as a matchup, as far as the opponent coming in, as far as what the Browns' strengths are, as far as what the Houston Texans' weaknesses are. We're going to get to all that as you know we break down here. Uh, just some more you know thoughts about <clears throat> what we expect to see Sunday um, come four o'clock or so um, as the Houston Texans are headed to First Energy to face your Cleveland Browns at 1 o'clock on Sunday. We'll continue on here. Pre-game, Locked On Browns. Obviously, Pepsi always along with the sponsorships. Uh, Zabo Apparel, um, and with yesterday being vet- Veterans Day, uh, Brian Zabo uh, and his family do a tremendous job. Uh, the store in Vermillion, uh, ZaboApparel.com, Zabo Apparel on Instagram, on Twitter, um, I can never not say enough good things about them. Brian and his family are just tremendous people. Um, it, it's actually somebody that I've enjoyed talking to over the years. Um, and as our relationship has grown, um, Brian's just a great guy, great family. Um, I, I, I can't divulge much, um, but uh, Pete will be excited about the new products coming out as I am. Um, but uh, anything Browns-wise, Browns gear, ZaboApparel.com. And again, on Instagram, on Twitter. Zabo Apparel. Pete, we fire this bad boy up on Sunday, come 4 o'clock, 405, 410, 4-12. Where's the confidence level at? Are we discussing the Cleveland Browns being a six and three football team? Yeah, I'm really confident because I, I'm equally confident if the Browns find a way to lose this game, they're not serious. They're not a serious team. Don't tell me about the playoffs. That's over. You you cannot. This, this is a must- if if, the if they do not win this game with Tennessee, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh all still on the schedule, it gets really really dangerous. Especially after you let that one get away against Las Vegas. Well, this is the first bye week that you know that Kevin Stefanski will have had as the head coach. You know, you'd always like a measuring stick. You'd like to think that this would be a great you know, situation for him to, to really out scheme and out plan and out everything Romeo Cornell. But, but even still it, anybody on that Houston coaching staff, I mean, I mean, these guys aren't going to be back in 2021. So yeah, you, you, you should be in the right position here. Yeah. I mean, so just every advantage you could want, you have more time to prepare. Everybody is practicing whether they're limited or whatever. Everybody's practicing. Uh, the Texans are probably going to be out there starting left guard and main running back. Uh, you have the weather, which one is of their pass rushers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Omena who does play a lot, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, even the weather is going for you and you're at home. They're a two win team. They're not good anyway. So, you know, it's it's must win in the sense of if you can't beat these guys, what are we even talking about at this point? You're not a serious team, and it doesn't mean they can't get better, and it doesn't mean that they're, you know, not heading in the right, right direction. But at that point, we can forget about the playoffs. There, there's just too many teams, uh, in this picture at that point. Jumbled so together. Yep. I, I I'm confident because I think this game is a statement game in some sense, and that does not mean that the Browns need to score you know, 40 and blow these guys out. Hey, I'm not complaining. You know, I'd, I'd be happy to have that, but I do think it does. You are sending the message of who are we 
in, in, you know, without Beckham, but with all these other guys back and, and, and what are we, what are we, what are we going to look like for the second half of the season? And, and in that sense, you do have to make a positive first impression. You can't then you can't lay an egg in this game. Uh, even though you could th- then theoretically beat both Philadelphia and Jacksonville and be, uh, you know, seven, seven and four. four at that point. But I, I think six and three, you just have to be six and three after the game. I, it just, I, I have no reason to believe they won't be short of just, just a, a massive turnover fest or something like that, where, you know, Baker Mayfield just gives it all up or they're, they're fumbling the ball as they did earlier in the year, whatever. There's just no good excuse. I mean, Deshaun Watson can be the, can play the greatest game of his life and they still shouldn't win. I mean, that's how much better the Browns are than the Texans from top to the bottom of the roster. I, I think we we believe they have a better coaching staff. I think we play for. So it, it just, again, there's just win this one or just I don't want to hear it because at that point we're talking about the, the 2021 draft, which, you know, we, we there's a mock draft for anyone interested. Go ahead. Go ahead and plug uh, away, my friend. Well, I just look. I, I know I, you worked hard. I, I, I'm readily admitting I'm a psychopath on, on this stuff. Uh, but I, as I warned people uh, that it insisted you wouldn't care about this if the Browns were good. No, I, I'm quite sick in the sense that I still care about it. Uh, but New when or or we're talking about Penix, that Corey because Kidden. yes but it's all part of your gig it's part of the scope of your work go ahead true but it's just you it's just a game you have to win and and it's a good game it's a game you should come out of this feeling good about like again i don't care about score differential it would make me happy to see them go out and you know put 40 on these guys and and blank them uh you know or or something like that where they really come out and make an impact but it's we are not in the be- position. We're not in the position where we're going to start grading a win. All right. Well, you know, every, despite, a lot of despite people just trying, yes. despite people trying earlier in the year, like when they beat the Bengals, and and it was a question of well, they beat the Bengals, but and then the Titans go out and lose to them. Like that's it's the NFL. In that sense, we aren't in a position to to complain about wins. They aren't giving them away. We're not playing the Falcons. Uh, you have to <laughs> earn it. So, I mean, I, again, I don't care about score differential. I just think you have to come out of this game feeling good about where you're headed. And if you're not in that camp, even if it you, you win by you know three, you win by one, whatever, you should feel good about it. And you f- should feel about the, good about the direction of your franchise at this point because you're never going to get – I can't imagine there's going to be a point in the season – where they have a, a a better opportunity to sort of reload, get healthy, and fe- you know prepare like a team that that's going to be in the postseason. So it, it should be a, it it should be a statement game. I, I wrote about this earlier in the week. I don't think it's about the Texans. I think it's the Browns competing against themselves and trying to Great say point. that we are we are better than we were earlier in the year. This is who we are. This is who we we would have liked to have been right out of the gate. But just circumstances, first-year head coach, players learning a system, this is sort of when we had to do it. But it's sort of set up in a way that this is really when you should be coming out and going, this is who we are, and we're going to you know, line it up, and we're going to kick your ass. Like, that should be the mentality. And, and that should be there, and it should be, you know, you're not going to go, well, now we can beat the Steelers in Week 17 uh, or anything like that. 
But it's, who even it's, knows though? Week seventeen right now, you could be facing whatever the hell his name was. You could be saying you'd be facing Mason Rudolph the way that the Steelers are rolling right now. But don't well, talk about week seventeen until we get a little closer to it. I, I the only thing I would push back on that is the NFL has laid out a contingency for eight playoff teams in each conference, which would be bad for the the that game. But if the Browns are, I should say, if the Steelers are entering that game and they have to go out and, and fight for home field advantage, or not home field, uh, the buy, the one buy this year, they will play everybody because that's, that becomes huge. And then it becomes, you know, and, and potentially the Browns are winning or going home at that point. Uh, that becomes a, you know, you're, you're having to beat the Steelers at their best to, get into the playoffs. That's a nightmare scenario, but coming out of this uh, Texans game, you should feel better about their chances against the Titans, better about their chances against the Ravens who aren't, you know, neither of those teams is playing really on full all, all, uh, all their cylinders at this point. But if the, if the Browns can come out and play well, feel good about themselves, then it becomes a much more interesting conversation. And hopefully, you know, the Eagles are another step. The Eagles are far better than the, the, than either of the other two teams. They've got, uh, more challenges that directly impact what the Browns need to answer for in terms of pass rush and some of those things. But those these three games are very winnable, none, none more so than this one. So it starts with this. But if the Browns can sort of get to six and three or, you know, seven and three, eight and three, then you're cruising into the playoffs regardless of what happens. If we're talking about seven and four, six and five, then it's a lot more challenging. And then the math gets involved, which is <laughs> – which is always a pain in the ass. Um, but I feel fairly similar. Um, I feel like this is, I hate, you know, I don't want to use gimme, but everything that Cleveland does well, Houston counteracts by not doing well. They are in such a weird position at two and six with Romeo Cornell, you know, basically taking over, um, you know, and look, you know, who knows where they would be if they actually had draft capital because, you know, they're far behind the fray. Um, they just don't have enough on defense. They're not even enough. They don't have anything on defense. Um, J.J. Watt at this point, and I'm not going to say J.J. Watt is just a name. J.J. Watt is still you know, a really solid football player. But it's it's kind of like a one-man show. You know, is that Cunningham? Not a bad linebacker. And he had Baker's number a couple of years ago in 2018 when the Browns played down there. Um, but it, everything in the, you know, the Browns are coming into this game more healthy than they have been the entire season. And just everything here is on the table. If, you, if 24 is going to play, it, it's just, I mean, it looks like stinking gravy at this point. It seems very, very easy, very simple. And then you throw in the fact that you're coming off the bye. And, and just everything with this just gives you the recipe that this should be a pretty easy ball game for the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Put the weather into it because, look, there's some, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, part of the reason why people felt Houston was going to be such a good fit, I was one of them, was due to the fact that, look, he he doesn't have a cannon. He's accurate. He's accurate as hell. He doesn't have a cannon, though. Baker Mayfield is a stronger arm than Deshaun Watson. Uh, so if you're going to put him into possibly these elements, I mean, everything just seems to, like, line up. And it's really hard to find a part of this where you say, ah, oh, well, they might be better here. I, 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 I it's a struggle to find a spot where you think the Houston Texans might do something better than the Browns currently do. Uh, Pete, again, you know, I mean, not grading it on style points, but I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, 
what I see here, the recipe I see for Sunday is the Browns should win. And it, you know, it, it, it may be close late, not Dallas close late, like the game versus the Cowboys, but for the Browns to win this game by more than eight, I, I, I would say, yeah, I don't see how this doesn't happen. Yep. I mean, it's just one where you just, you just have to take care of business. Again, you're really, it's about, you know, if you're, if you're Stefanski, you're, you're saying this is about us. Um, yes, they're the opponent. Yes. You can't take them for granted. Yes. You're, 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 you're taking them seriously and doing all the work, but it's, it's about us and who we are. And I think that's the mindset this team takes in with them. And I think uh, that that's going to be worthwhile for them, you know, because it's, it's about Baker Mayfield playing well. It's about, you know, this offense sort of coming together and playing as they're capable. It's about this defense playing certainly better than they have. I mean, it, this is another situation. I, I don't know, short of Jacob Phillips slowly taking over as a linebacker and maybe improving that situation, I don't see where the upside is where the defense is going to get any better than this week in terms of where they are as a team. They're either going to be more hurt or they're just going to be, uh, you know, they're not going to have as much time to prepare. So I don't see them like getting to, let's say, let's say they make the first round of the playoffs. I don't think their defense is going to be better just because they've played together longer in that sense. At this point, I think it's either you're either getting more talent or you are what you are. So it's either this should be their best outing in terms of what they have to offer. That doesn't mean they'll play well. That doesn't mean they'll stop them. Uh, it just means that this this is the game where you're more set up to be successful than any other. There's no excuses. It's simple. Simply put, there are no excuses. Um, and look, COVID, OTAs, camp, preseason. Now, man, I mean, look, we're a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving. Throw that crap out the window. I don't care. There are zero excuses. You're off the bye. You've had plenty of time to study Houston. Um, your defensive line is as healthy as it's been all season. No. It, it, that stuff is over. It's on the back burner. Go out and win some games. And, you know, a lot of these players and the stars of this team have talked about the fact that, you know, they want to be part of this franchise getting back to playoff games. Sunday's going to tell that tale. I, I think it's, I, I, again, I, I, I don't see how they could possibly lose this game um, other than, you know, I mean, Armageddon, so to speak, um, because just everything lines up for them and in their favor. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, SI.com. Pete and his team over there, they're doing a fantastic job, just continuous content day in, day out. Pete, obviously, now, right now, you know, his you know high school season is over. Um, hats also to the Streetsboro kids for, you know, a great run again this year. Um, but you got Pete, and he's always around and, you know, firing out the content at will, so to speak, in that nature. Browns Digest on Twitter. Make sure you follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself. At Locked On Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, ratings, reviews. Come on, guys and gals. Please take care of that for me. Take care of that for your boy. Yeah, look, I mean, the recipe is there. It's simple. It's a simple one to make uh, for a Browns W on Sunday. Uh, make sure you're checking out um, you know, the uh, – the Google News editions of Lockdown Browns, where you get me one minute, five minute. Uh, you get those about five days a week, just you know, fresh, just stuff, quick news, quick hits. Um, make sure you're checking those out. But this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound.
LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>